0: Congratulations to the Navy Midshipmen. I can't find no more. I can't find no more. Army, for the second year,
1: has won it. To the winners of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, the great Air Force Falcons. Now the
2: All right, welcome back to the Against All Enemies podcast. Uh, we're coming off of a pretty exciting weekend of college football and uh, Service Academy football. Um, Army was off, so um, it was Air Force and Navy victories, and we're going to dive right into those here in a second um, and 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 get a look at, at what took place um, against New Mexico in a game that at first maybe was a little bit closer than than expected. So right, right on, Scott. Um, for kind of holding me and Austin uh, back a little bit on, on our predictions of, of laughing at you last week on um, a 40-point you know, win guaranteed. So um, that was the first game of the day, and then we had Navy um, versus SMU at home Um, Navy's first win over a ranked team since 2016 against Houston, um, also at home. Uh, So let's dive right into the Air Force game um, because I'm ready to get done talking about this past weekend because I put on Slack yesterday. I haven't been this excited for a Thursday through Sunday stretch of football um, in a long time. Uh, Looking forward to next weekend. So um, Air Force, New Mexico. Scott, if you want to kind of break it down for us, how the game Kind of transpired, you know, a little bit closer than expected for sure in the first half. And then what happened in the second half, which seems to be Air Force's MO this year of just being a dominant second half team, especially a fourth quarter team, and just taking over. Um, yeah, just break down the game and obviously Donald Hammond's performance for us.
0: Yeah, so it started out kind of weak. Um, weren't really capitalizing on any offensive opportunities. Um, after the first quarter, it was 7-7. Seven to seven. And then in this, the second quarter, um, we were able to put up one touchdown, New Mexico put up three points and went into the locker room, 14, 10, not really the ideal situation. Um, but I think everybody was healthy and it seemed like we should have been really steamroll on this team who hasn't been able to play well. One of the things that I noticed that was a lot different, um, was Tuiati, who is New Mexico's quarterback, a lot more talented, I think than not maybe than they were expecting, but a lot more talented than what we've seen out of teams like, um, San Jose State, even Army um, and Colorado State and teams like that. He was a really mobile guy, and he actually threw the ball really well. Unfortunately, he only passed three for 11. 35 um, yards <laughs> passing. His, well, his, his wide receivers, he was throwing dimes, and his wide receivers were just dropping the ball. I mean, there was a couple times where he aired out some passes and, and overthrew his target. But overall, I thought he was a, a quality quarterback who seemed out of place um, in that New Mexico offense. But they were rolling a little bit, um, and then basically the gates just broke open in the second half. Donald Hammond threw 9 for 10, 327 yards passing. Um, We had the largest offensive production, um, I think, almost ever, if anything, maybe going back to the 70s. And he only needed about 64 more yards to set the record himself. Um, I thought in the fourth quarter there the coaches were going to let him do it, but we kind of ran down the clock. Um, a really good performance, Taven Burdo, kind of a little bit of a red flag, put the ball down on the ground a couple times, um, had some bad fumbles, just not great ball security, um, but even he had a really good day with 110 yards on 17 carries and a touchdown, and then Cade Remsburg, um, not a ton of production, it was a very fullback heavy game, and I think that's just the nature of the beast when you're playing the team like New Mexico, um, and then another couple of the stars that we had was our receiving, because the day was all about passing. Benjamin Waters four receptions for 171 yards and two touchdowns, and Gerard Sanders, um, who now has the yards per reception lead in the NCAA um, FBS, with and and he was able to get five receptions with 156 yards and two touchdowns. So a really incredible passing day. Um, ended up getting the cover depending on when you got that ticket. Um, Vegas really knows, man. They really do. Yeah. So <laughs> it's 22 it, and a half for the really longest time, hit. right? And it's yeah, and so and then it moved closer to twenty four at game time. So if you got it late, maybe you didn't cover, if you got it early, um, maybe you did, I don't know. But overall I was I was happy with it. It's it's just kind of one of those situations where we talked about it. it's not like we're really playing for anything else this point, other than just winning out. So it's it's good enough to see what we saw and get a win. I don't think we need to worry too much about Taven Berto fumbling the ball. We have a huge rotation of running backs. And going into Wyoming next week, Wyoming's a relatively underwhelming team. Um, I still think it's going to be a fantastic game. Do not get me wrong. A Thanksgiving week game, um, the final one of the season before the bowl game. So I, I think it's going to be great to see. But overall, just like, just like kind of, I have kind of a straight face, like with maybe a little, a little tiny upward smile. Like I'm happy, but it's just like I think this team, in terms of talent and how they've played kind of deserved to be in a little bit better position, maybe fighting for the Mountain West Championship, but now we have lost that opportunity since Boise State was able to beat Utah State last night.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to that. We'll, we'll talk looking ahead for for all the teams. Um, I mean, obviously I was super impressed by Hammond on the day, and and, and I don't know. So we, we kind of had that stat up there, like you said. He ended up fifth most all time in a single game passing um, for an Air Force quarterback nine for 10 on the day like you said four touchdowns um that 327 he was only you know a, a, another one of those uh bombs the sanders short of breaking the record um if it, here's a stat that that has uh, it has to be um you know when was the last time air force had two 150 yard receivers in the same game that has to be a first i mean i don't i don't know that but that has to be a first
0: right yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, usually, just thinking back, since I've been watching Air Force football, which has been for the last 10 years, like, pretty religiously, I, I've never seen a scenario where we have um, s- such high-quality receivers. And even going into the season, I don't think anybody expected it. We knew well, that... Ben Waters, he was a, we,
2: he's a converted running back, or slot back, right? Like, he was yeah, not a receiver until yeah. this year.
0: Yeah, correct. And then uh, Gerard Sanders, I, I think he was just kind of like, oh, okay, he's going to be all right, but... I mean, he's proven to be an incredible talent, and I don't know if a game like this necessarily would lead you to believe that he's an NFL-quality um, talent. I was just getting right to ask at, at least in, Yeah, at least in the wide receiver position, um, maybe with some work. I, I know he said that's a goal of his, and especially with the news that broke that um, athletes out of service academies can go straight to the pros. I think it's a possibility, but he had a highlight real catch. Um, he had – some pretty close coverage and was able to reach over his uh, corner and pull the ball out for reception right on the sidelines. So like stuff like that is a really good sign. Um, But at the end of the day, let's like reel it back in a little bit. It was New Mexico. Um, Doesn't take anything away from the team. It was awesome. Uh, But I just kind of want to keep that into perspective is like, these are the things that you need to do just moving forward when you want to schedule better teams. um, You want to have a look at them at the Mountain West championship, that kind of stuff. These are these are great. Yeah. You got to be able to put teams away, and and we got to be able to do it against teams like Boise State and that kind of thing. So that's my little pessimist. Yeah, I,
2: I don't do I, I don't think it. I mean I think that's fair. Yes, it was New Mexico. They're not a good team at all. Um, but it was good to see two and back to that. I mean Ben Waters then Sanders twice then Waters got another one. You know I mean it was just back and forth. You know four TDs between those two guys, all nine receptions, um, and. I don't know. I think it was good to say something that air force has proved this year with Hammond at quarterback and just what they have on offense and the depth um, is that they can kind of beat you in different ways if they have to. Right. And I think that's, a, this was another one like, this was the only game kind of like this this year, but they were able to do that. No problem. Um, and they've, so they, they're just, uh, they're versatile. I feel like, and um, obviously very dangerous um, and, and, their toughest part of the season was just at the beginning of the year. And once again, we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, even if you have that little bit of pessimism, it it was a big win. Kayla or Austin, any of you have anything to add to to the Air Force game?
1: I wouldn't say anything uh, too much different. I think from what I was watching and being able to see, and and Scott already talked about, is is on the wide receiving end, I think watching both of those guys uh, and understanding more about Air Force football just, you know, being on the podcast, being able to talk, because I've really enjoyed it. I think seeing some of their catches just in the air, um, how they were able to kind of break away uh, from these man-to-man coverage opportunities, it was just crazy to see how New Mexico defense really couldn't um, couldn't hold them for too long. and was really, you know, a couple steps behind on a couple of those situations. Um, so it, it, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that speaks both um, kind of how we talked about, I think, how Air Force can get, or and, and deserves a little bit more, Um, opportunity of of kind of a spotlight on um, how talented their team is on both sides of the ball. Um, That's like one of my uh, kind of favorite positions to watch is that wide receivers, and I think they did awesome this past weekend. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And let's not 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 give Demonte Meeks a shout-out for having 14 tackles in the game either. Um, You know, so the defense, um, you know, definitely stood up, and, and, you know, outside of maybe that last touchdown that they cost some people some money in Vegas – you know they they played awesome again. So yeah, give me once again. We'll talk. We'll talk. Looking ahead for Air Force in a minute. Austin, you got anything to add?
3: Uh, m- mine's more on the collective front, I and mean, we already talked about and not downplaying the win. I think it was more of how they're able to win, win in different fashion, running or for throwing for over three hundred yards. Right, that's not the norm. We've already addressed everything. Um, but and you take a bigger step back, you know, Air Force is probably. I mean, we haven't seen what their bowl matchup will be, but with some of these projections we've seen, they're going to be favored in their last two games of the year, which might be an 11 and two record, which is just a phenomenal year for air force football. Right. I mean, we're not yeah, I mean, we... putting the cart before the horse, but you're looking at an 11 and two Falcons team. And I know this is where Scott, and I'm certain, I think I'm starting to kind of feel what Scott felt maybe six weeks, seven weeks ago when, yeah, it's going to be, it could be an 11 team without a CSE trophy and without even a, a a championship perform or a championship appearance in the Mountain West Conference game, which is tough. But um, all in all, all in all, I mean this this game itself, yes, awesome in terms of what they're able to do. But beating New Mexico, I think, is like beating maybe comparable to East Carolina or something like that for a Navy win. But
2: yeah, probably probably UConn. Yeah, I mean, but yes, yeah, um, yeah you're probably right. Uh, I mean, let's not. I mean, Colorado, a team the Air Force beat, they wouldn't beat Washington this weekend. Right and um, and so um, you know they're not going to end up bowl eligible, Colorado, because they got Utah to finish up the year. I just, I don't think they're going to win that game. But um, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about it then, since we we brought it up. Let's look ahead and, and just kind of say like, you know, Scott has been saying this for weeks now, um, and it does suck like that they are going to end up um, as much as we've talked Navy's turnaround this year um, from three and ten to where they are. Air Force has done the same thing from what five and seven last year. Is that right, Scott? five and seven to, to now sitting at nine and two um, with the Wyoming team in a game they should win, like you said, possibility of 11 games, but there hasn't really been a meaningful one outside of, you know, Army for the sake of wanting to, to have a chance at everybody kind of getting that one win, one loss case in the CIC race, you know, since the Navy game and Scott said it pretty much then and it's held true. Um, and, you know, even looking back now, I mean, I was talking to Scott about it before everybody else joined the call um, my kind of take on it is like, literally you could, other than the army game, you could lose any of the other games at this point, you know, in the year, you could have lost Colorado, you could have lost another conference game, but beaten Boise, um, right. And, uh, and literally the only two games you couldn't lose this year were the two games you lost and everything else, you know, has gone air force's way. So I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that, Scott, kind of
0: that just I mean, it's a situation where you want answers. You want to know, like, what, what is the reason for that, that we're able to dominate all these other teams? Well, is it a scheduling thing? Is the Mountain West really unbalanced? Is the fact that the Mountain division is good as it is and the West isn't as good? Does that come into play? I, I think really what it was is it's just like, There were some coaching issues, I think, in those games. And one of the things that you guys had mentioned about how kind of complete the offense was against New Mexico, I think this was the most balanced attack we've had. Because as bad as their defense was, they were able to stop some of the run. Cade Remsburg was kind of held down a little bit. And so we had Taven Berto, I mean, who was... And those fumbles, they weren't just mistake fumbles. They were forced out. It wasn't good ball security. But I think the way that we were able to throw a few times on first and second down and then spread that around with the running, and so I'm almost like, well, what if we did that um, against Boise State and Navy instead of, uh, in those tougher games, it's been the trend to where we run, 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 and then third down, oh crap, it's third and eight, we gotta throw, and then they see it coming, and that's it, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that, it's just like you have all the talent in the world, and we're we're not capitalizing on it, and it's equally frustrating seeing a team like Navy, who I've, I've said this and I'll stand by it. I think Navy is a fantastic team. Malcolm Perry, to me, is an enigma. I don't understand how good he is or how he's so good with his size, but it just works. And I think a lot of that is to thank from their coaching staff. And I'm almost just like, if we had a guy like Ken Niamatololo and an Ivan Jasper and a Brian Newberry, you know what would this team look like if that was the, the quality of coaches that we had who were able to think outside the box and understand what our team is capable of? Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a lot of just coulda shoulda woulda at this point and and all i can do is just enjoy the games that we have left and be happy with the season but yeah there's there's nothing that we can really hang our hat on other than maybe a bowl win in the ram falcon trophy
2: yeah and i mean let's you know if you, you and i'm
0: sure there's a lot of people that would disagree a ton of falcon fans i'm
2: sure that there are but was awesome but. one other thing i will say is if you guys go 11 and two, not that, that maybe that you don't care about this um, and it really doesn't matter. But, you know, you're going to be a ranked team by the end of the season, um, probably after next weekend. But if not, you know, certainly after a bowl victory, and it looks like you're going to play, you know, if the projections have you playing a game you should win, essentially, right? Um, so if you end up 11-2, and two, you're going to end up with a ranked team. And the only two teams you will have lost to potentially will both be ranked teams at the end of the season, too, you know? So... Um, and and the same can be said can be said for navy at this point as far as the teams they've lost to um i think you know so when you when you look at that you kind of measure up and it's like man you really wish one of those could have bounced your way um but there's a good chance your two losses will end up being against you know potentially against ranked opponents at the end of the season when everything shakes out and you yourself are a ranked team and that just kind of shows you where you fall out i think in this year and i think you know i believe air force is a top 25 football team this year just having watched many of their games like i think that All three of those teams fall out somewhere between, you know, 17 to 25 of the, you know, in the top 25 um, as far as the country goes. So I think that's where you end up hanging your hat is like we just didn't win those two games against the best opponents we played, but we were a top 25 team this year.
0: Yeah, I just think that the guys deserve it. And that's really why I get down on it, because I'm just like when you're a football player, you literally have four years to make your mark. Most of these guys are not going to go pro. Um, the huge majority of them, if, if any, are going to go pro. So it's like this is their last chance to suit up. And I'm like, man, a team that was this good, I would have loved to have seen it, whereas the coaches are going to hang around and make $900,000 a year for at least one of them um, and it's and just kind of do that indefinitely. So I'm just like, man, I wish somebody would be a little more accountable at the top, but that's a conversation for another day.
2: All right, let's take a break on Air Force. When we come back, we're going to talk Navy recap from another exciting home game on Senior Day um, against SMU, win number seventeen in a row on Senior Day, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll look ahead to next week's games. We got everybody in action and what should be three good games with a lot on the line for two of the teams at least. And, and Air Force, we already kind of said, playing Wyoming, what should be a good matchup, but um, not really anything on the line per se.
1: Got your happy price price
2: line all right welcome back to the against all enemies podcast we just dissected Air Force New Mexico big win for the Falcons to move to nine and two on the year unfortunately can't win the uh, the mountain west because the mountain division now belongs to Boise State after they beat Utah State so uh, their game against Wyoming will be um, just uh, to send uh, the seniors out in their last regular season game the right way to Scott's point. But let's talk Navy now. Um, not, not trying to rub salt in the wounds here, Scott, but who does have a potential conference championship still, you know, hope's still alive, but they do not control their own destiny, but they had to win um, on Saturday um, facing a ranked SMU team. Um, ranked, I believe, 25th in the college football playoff rankings, and then um, higher than that in the in the AP and coaches poll. Um, coming into the game, a team that had only lost one game to Memphis in a shootout earlier this year. Um, so, Austin, uh, you know, go ahead, break the game down for us. And uh, what was an exciting um, atmosphere for sure uh, on a rainy afternoon at Navy-Marine Corps Memorial Stadium.
3: Yeah, and I feel like I've used this before in regards to like a tale of two halves, and I was thinking that again, kind of in the third quarter, because of what Navy was able to, I think it was four yards of offense that SMU gathered in the, or total yards in the third quarter, so, something very limited, back to back, three and outs, I believe is what happened, and that that's really what shifted the game, right, like, I, I will admit, going into halftime, uh, with Navy down 21 to 10, I was not extremely confident, uh, and I think I think my wife even knew it cause she was like not talking to me cause she knew I was just sitting there like, Oh my gosh, you know, like 21 to 10, like this. It, and then I even told myself during, I was like, Hey man, like they've made it to this point. What an awesome season just to be able to get in a situation where they have a chance to be, you know, in the AAC West title game. Yeah. yeah You'd crazy. already started talking yeah, to yourself. I was already like, yeah, yeah. man, like it's been so much fun. Like, uh, I was already rationalizing things in my head at halftime. I really was, and I felt like halftime took <laughs> longer than normal. Yeah. I was really trying to change channels, like to find another game or something, just to kind of get my mind off of it. But mentally, I was accepting, like, man, that's just in it. Because even Malcolm Perry, I believe, after, I don't remember the number. For fourteen
2: yards rushing in yeah, the first
3: the first, half. Four,
2: first half. First half, I think. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and then and then finished with a hundred and ninety five. Hundred ninety five. And someone had put a tweet. They're like, man, it's only a matter of time before Malcolm Perry is going to take one to the house. And you did kind of feel that as the game unfolded in the second half. Like, he's so elusive. Like, his feet are so quick. It's not necessarily that he has a straight line, like, speed that blows everyone away. But his feet are so quick that he's able to evade and kind of maneuver and make things happen out of nowhere. And he was just kind of able to do that the entire second half. Um, And and it was absolutely right. Because then he scampers and scores that 70-yarder. I still give credit to the defense on the two, three and outs on the, in the third quarter to kind of really set the tide or, or, or turn it. Obviously, maybe scoring to open open the uh, first or second half, I'm sorry, was, was huge. Those things were able to to really solidify the game. But my last point to this before I kick it off or, or, or change it around is I still can't believe, and I want to dissect this at some point, Sonny Dykes' comments after the game. <laughs> like blows my mind. I watched that video a 40 times, I feel like, by now, and I've just been trying to see what his complaint was. Cause he was so blatant that his player jumped into the neutral zone and maybe reacted as you're supposed to do. There was no one moving before that. It was textbook play, uh, and just truly incredible that it actually worked, right? Like unbelievable. Like that's the best way to win that game was running that play, which I think they call the Alaska or something like that.
2: Yeah. And and obviously there was a lot that still would have had to happen for SMU to to come back with what would have been, you know, less than a minute, I guess. Or it was like a minute and three seconds or something. I don't remember exactly. Um, oh, Malcolm ball. Perry ran out
3: of bounds, man. That, was, that got me. Oh, yeah, excited. yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, no, that was, that was,
2: that was, I mean, this is my ass about that. And it's like, he's just trying to make a play. That's who he is. Playmaker Perry, right? Like he's yeah. he's scrambling yeah. there. That w- that wasn't the design of the play. I, I don't, think that's what Gavin
3: had even said, right? If he gets a first down, you're not mad. And you're like, yeah, it's true. But I'm going yeah. to say the quote, just if you haven't heard it. So this is Sunny Dykes complaining about that the offside can, call. Can, can you set,
2: yeah, set set it up? Because I I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe somebody didn't watch the game. Okay. Let's listen to this. Probably yeah, so
3: basically uh, just how it got there, whatever. It's fourth and one and a half or something. Fourth and one, fourth and two. Uh, Navy's around their own 30-yard line. I forget exactly where. Uh, Navy lines up and kind of does their play they've been doing ever since Paul Johnson was there, where they're just try to move the uh, – move the slots kind of left and right and just kind of see if they can get into a hard snap to see if someone will jump offside. It never works. People complain about it all the time. It did work this time. The offensive lineman – I'm sorry, the defensive uh, lineman kind of jumps offside and maybe reacts and gets the first down, the five-yard call. I don't know if I set it up very well, but (laughs) – No, no, yeah. And Uh, and props
2: to Billy Honaker on that, right? That was him that did that, I believe. And I mean, that's just huge to be able to react – that quickly in that moment, knowing... I mean, it doesn't ever work, so you're probably not even... I don't know. I don't even know if you're expecting it to work. It is well, even you know, in mental.
3: the the article from The Athletic uh, stated that Coach Ken told them, if anyone even flinches, just react, because we're punting this ball no matter what. So if we lose yep. five yards, whatever. Like, we're going to take the yep. delay and punt if it doesn't happen. So that's another thing. Maybe it was out of timeouts. so I forgot to mention that. But So his quote, Sonny Dykes' quote, this is after the game. I thought the way the game ended was Bush League. Thought that was a Bush League deal. I thought it was poorly run and too bad that those guys didn't have our players a chance to finish the game and make plays. Officials took the game away from the players. Bad call. It's what it was. Blows my mind. Like, I literally, like, I saw this quote, or at least part of it, and that's when I was like, hey, does anyone have any video of this? Like, I really want to see the video. Like, I watched it live. I didn't record the game, and I was, I really want to, maybe I missed something, right? Maybe a guard kind of flinched or something. Nothing. It was 100 percent offside. Like I don't know what this guy's thinking. I'm I'm really curious to see what he's going to say tomorrow in the on po- the press conference.
2: Yeah. No, that'd be good. You can you can jump on that if you want. And ask him. <laughs> Call into the AAC press conference. Go can.
3: for it. See. By the time this is Got out, it. It, it'll have already happened. So we'll see. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I mean, I think that is. I mean, it was, and obviously that's once again, like i was saying, there's still a lot of other things that had to happen. Maybe it was up by a touchdown. They were going to punt it. And then I mean, who knows? But um, you're gonna have less than a minute. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was obviously huge. It's worked three or four times in the you know t- 12, 13 years that I've been an AV fan. Um, and and it worked at the end of the game. And you, I mean, we obviously knew, and you they ha- you have to know like that's that's coming. Did um, you know, Did you know that though? Like
3: I there. thought we might actually run a play there.
2: I didn't. No, I mean once they once well once the once the first slot back moved. I knew that I, when they came out of the huddle, I thought they were running a play, and I was a little bit concerned. But I was like, "Oh, Ken's <laughs> hit all the right Ken's hit all the right buttons today." So, um, I'm yeah. i because we had, we had already had all the timeout discussion on Slack about like was in, you know Gavin was giving us kind of his rundown of the first half at least. Um but they were out of timeouts at the by the end of the first quarter in the first half and then they were out of timeouts at the end of the game again. And so but it was kinda like, well, you know, he has been hitting the right buttons. But when they came out, yeah, I thought they were gonna run a play. But as soon as the first slot back moved back, I was like, Okay, I mean that's that's it. That's the the standard yeah. uh, you know, move there and uh and yeah, I mean so it was that was huge. But yeah, back to I mean, just back to the game. Um I mean, yeah, I felt the same way twenty one ten. Um I I'm going to go ahead and say, like, if Chance Warren's gonna about to run in the end zone from now on, just run out at the one-yard line, man. Because every time he gets a touchdown, we give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. <laughs>
3: yeah. Every time. Special teams had- did not help in that first half. Even look at the total stats, right? You wouldn't even realize the game was this close. You think Navy would have beat SMU by two or three scores.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even at the end of the, um, like, third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, it was like a 300-yard difference in total yards or something like that. I mean, it was absurd. Um, and, but yes, Chance Warren has two touchdowns on the year, and in both games, Navy, Memphis, and, and this game, Navy gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, and it was, it was just like, man, like as soon as you get that that drive, um, you miss the field goal. Bijan's been, you know, consistent all year, but you miss that after you got the fumble on the first drive, and then you get the touchdown, you go up seven nothing, just right back, and you know, and um, and then SMU score on three three consecutive drives, if, you know, including the kickoff return. And Navy just couldn't couldn't get anything going in the first half. And to your point, like Malcolm was able to finally, you know, he was going to break one, and he finally, um, you know, finally did on that seventy-yard TD. Obviously, that was that was huge. Um, but I think you're right about the defense coming back out because both both sides of the ball probably were a little bit a little bit shaken, uh, you know, perhaps by their performance in the first half. But for the defense. Um, who has probably performed better in the first half right, than the second half in most games this year to yep. come out and make that stand um, on the first two drives to get the game back within one point. And then, I mean, and then after you get that second three and out, Navy um, takes the lead um, before sh- you give up. A,
3: on the defensive front, you a little bit more credit. Like Shane Bouchelle, that was the most fl- – like I've watched a lot of SMU, I feel like, this year. That's what was, was yeah. scared me and worried me. He looked like flustered kind of like the whole game. He just never like, really could set his feet and – throw accurately it seemed like
2: and vocally like you watch his body language like he's kind of yelling back to the sideline and even some of his receivers and stuff on some on some routes where um, where he yeah I mean based on Newberry and his scheme and the different blitzes and things that he was doing I mean yeah he was he was I uh, I still think he's the
3: best like passer quarterback in the American Conference too but yeah it was it was great by Navy defense great job by Newberry
2: and then yeah, I mean and then obviously the 7-yard touchdown. Like that was that was huge. We were um it just felt like ah they had kind of swung it back a little bit with the momentum and then uh and then Malcolm breaks that and it's like, oh, I mean that's that's what you expect and um to to then get the the stand to hold them um down in the in the red zone. Let's not forget that either. The drive before um Navy gets the the hard count that drive. I mean, SMU gets all the way down to the Navy 12-yard line. Um, and so they're in the red zone, um, and and the defense was able to to hold some. I don't know if I would have called those two plays, kind of going for the back shoulder fade twice in a row almost um, in single coverage. Given you know the success you've had, somewhat in the you know maybe across the field or in you know, the middle of the field or something. like that. I don't know. You you've still and got on time
3: that, on that third down. Was it Springer? May I got a little hold there? I like it was. Yeah. Eh.
2: Yeah. And and fourth down uh,
3: was a bad throw. Like yeah, it threw the back shoulder. Like it was. No oh, yeah,
2: and, and and Kinley, I mean, if it was a better throw, that's going to be pass interference because Kinley never even looks for the ball. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. basically running in, running the guy out, you know, the back of the end zone or the side of the end zone. Um, so, you know, if it was a better throw, he probably gets flagged there um, because he, he never turned around for the ball. But anyways, um, great victory, obviously. Happy to see the seniors get 17 in a row on senior day. Beating a ranked team, not eight – or, sorry, yeah, eight and two. Um, now for Navy and uh, and getting ready to head um, to Houston for Thanksgiving weekend game, um, but they definitely still have something to play for, and uh, we'll kind of bring that up when we come back. Um, Scott, Kayla, you guys got anything you want to add to the watching the Navy game?
0: Yeah, that those Sonny Dykes comments that really just like chaps my hide, man. Like the sour grapes from it the the play the game the right way Hugh Free stuff it, that just really bothers me I mean him saying the officials took the game away from the players like I, I just I don't under I guess he just didn't want to take all the blame he did take blame and say they didn't make adjustments but it's just like you got beat that's it that's all that happened Diego Fago was instrumental to some huge stops um, and had an incredible game and Malcolm Perry just like I've taken as an Air Force fan, we've taken our lumps from Malcolm Perry. He's this little dude that kind of defies science and defies <laughs> all football reasoning and can just just flat out play. So I, I just nothing but a tip of the cap to Navy and uh, and yeah, and Sonny Dykes needs to get over it or else he's not going to be at this job for long. We see what happens to SMU coaches.
1: <laughs> I think his maybe comments,
0: he'll be the next Arkansas
3: coach. Oh God, I, mean, I think all the same footsteps.
1: His comments are I man. Leave Chad alone, man. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need more hate. <laughs> what was that, Kayla? Uh, I said I was going to say I don't think Chad needs any more hate. But I think his comments are, like, indicative of, I think, how creative uh, I think the coaching staff at Navy, like, really allows their players to kind of do what they think as kind of, like, instinctive and kind of playing off their strengths, um, kind of what we've seen in the past. I think when you're in a situation where you're, I um, you don't have any more timeouts and you had mentioned from the athletic article that they were going to go punt for it anyway. Like, why not? Like, um, you try it, like, over and over again, and, like, the team doesn't force the offside on the chance that it happens. Um, I don't know. I think that's more credit um, to, like I said, the talent of Navy and the coaching staff and how well they're kind of tuned in with their players and say, like, let's just try it. Um, Malcolm Perry um, just being able to be, like I said, creative. And, like, he just delivers even when you don't think it's going to happen. So, I don't know. Props to Navy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And one of my favorite comments from the different articles coming out of the game, um, I think it was the Washington Post article. I don't remember actually, Um, but uh, was was Ken basically saying in the press conference afterwards that Malcolm apparently came up to him at some point in the fourth quarter um, and was like, "Coach, you got to give the ball to somebody else at some point. Like, you're killing me. Like, I'm literally." And Ken was like, "Nah, man, we need you. Like, step up. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that." And uh, thirty eight carries. And then that's what Ken said. Ken was like, I didn't realize we had carried that he had carried the ball 38 times in the game. It's like my bad. Um, but you know, I mean, they obviously rode Malcolm Perry and they're going to continue to do that the rest of the season important for to good note, reason.
3: Important to note weather was not great either. Right. So in those situations, quarterback yeah. tends to hold on the ball more often too. Like,
2: Yeah. 38 carries. Though. <laughs> yeah. 38 carries. And that's, it was just funny. I mean, that's, Totally, Coach Ken doing that like like suck it up, man. Like get out there and play. Like we need you. And then oh, didn't realize he had carried the ball 38 times today. Um, to Kayla's point though, 38
0: carries and the, and SMU SMU only had 27 27 alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, great.
2: yeah. Uh, It's great. Yeah, and uh, it, and to Kayla's point about the play calling, I mean, I don't know if it's Ben Ivan moving down out of the box, but um, I, I don't know. I feel like we've been giving him props this year because they're just been he's been putting them in good position, just like Kayla said. Um, to succeed and obviously Perry has a loose you know he's an elusive quarterback and when he does that little sidestep thing Mm -hmm. and makes somebody miss in the open field it's it's always great and it almost always works Um, but Ivan has just been calling really really good games this year too Um, so I think that's important to note as well Um, all right before we go to break then um, Scott you don't have to be an Air Force fan here okay you can you can just be on the podcast but um, give me the CIC MVP for the week uh, who you got? Is it Donald Hammond or is it Malcolm Perry? Kayla, who do you got? Uh, why am I first?
1: Because <laughs> mm. you're the you're
3: –
2: the I know, I know.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to think of it. I'm trying to take my, like, personal – The most
2: valuable player. The most valuable player.
1: I feel like you're trying to sway me by saying that twice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh do such a thing. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Perry. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Malcolm Perry. Again. Austin?
3: <laughs> I mean, we all... I don't know if we've always done this. We haven't always done a good job of taking the opponent into account. Yeah. Was Scott the, Scott was, let us know that. that was Scott's yeah. <laughs> point, yeah to, to Malcolm Perry's, I think getting it against ECU or whatever. ECU but, when Air um, Force played Colorado that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the one question or the two questions, whatever I ask. Does Air Force still win that game without Donald Hammond? Yes. Does Navy win that game without Malcolm Perry? No. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Good know. point. The, the total yards, by the way,
2: were pretty close. I, uh, I don't have Air Forces actually pulled up right now, but we're it was like within hairs, 15 man. yards. Gosh. No, 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 sure. I know, but it's like 367 yards total offense for Perry, 162 through the air and 195 on the ground with three touchdowns. Um, and Hammond had the four touchdown passes, and he had a rushing touchdown too, right, Scott? Uh, Yeah. Uh, and, he had one. Um, like so it's really close. I don't, you know, with 327 through the air and like 41 on the ground. So it's like within like a few yards of each other um, as far as total yards. And he had two more touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. it they, they both played very, very closely statistical games, um, I feel like, you know, as well. Scott.
0: Uh Yeah, so it's B. John Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I'm kidding. Um, hey, is 66, no, six, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six. yeah.
0: No, and I I actually really appreciate you guys uh, humoring me and giving this a real consideration. But um, I mean, it, it's got to be Malcolm Perry, and I I was very happy with Donald Hammond, like almost hitting that record, having a record-setting day in in terms of the last decade for passing was awesome. But you've also got to consider the fact that uh, the receivers have a lot to uh, have a lot to do with that, and so the love was really spread around. And it's once again, I've talked about this too. It's like the kind of the curse of having so much talent is like that rotation of running backs. Like if we only had one or two running backs were really, really good, then yeah, maybe they would have had like four touchdowns, that kind of thing. Um, But you know, nine receptions and it was 327 yards. That's not just great quarterback play. That's, you know, a weaker opponent. And the fact that our, our wide receivers were able to get on their horse and run. So um, Malcolm Perry to, go through that, have that many carries and beat a ranked opponent in such a clutch time. um, I mean, yeah, I I don't even think it's, it's a question. It's, it's Malcolm Perry.
2: All right. Well, I appreciate that as well on my end. Um, You being willing to to put everything aside and and look at that uh, as fairly as possible, because I mean, I tend to, and this, that's the thing is like as air force is wrapping up their game, Navy is ending the first half essentially. Right. So it looked at that point, like, well, this is a runaway this week. Yeah. Like it's not even going to be a, a question. Like this is going to be Donald Hammonds, um, hands down, and then Perry, right. you know, ends up with whatever it was, 180 yards rushing in the second half, and and all the the magic that went along with that. So, all right. Well, we just made it easy for Mitchell uh, Northam, but uh, hopefully he'll. We'll have already had it up, obviously, by the time this is out, but um, I I tend to agree. So uh, Malcolm Perry, CIC MVP. All right, when we come back, we're going to look ahead. We're going to get some Army talking here as well with the big game coming up, Um, and then we'll look at at what Navy's weekend looks like as far as, uh, you know, the the game, not just the game against Houston, but the potential to be playing for a chance at the AAC championship um, on the line. So we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to the Against Army's podcast. We just got done breaking down Navy-SMU. Big win for Navy to move to 8-2 on the year. Two games left at Houston um, in TDECU Stadium this weekend. And then, uh, obviously, Army-Navy left after that. So, um, we already kind of broke down Air Force, heading to Wyoming. And what will be a fun game, I've been saying multiple times on this podcast, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, and like I said, I'm like, this weekend, but Thursday through Sunday, especially if I win my fantasy football league, this week because then i'll be playing to go to the playoffs in fantasy football too so like the nfl will actually matter for me next week um but thursday through sunday is going to be a great great weekend of college football and nfl um mixed with thanksgiving and um and and the friday game to to, so it's every day because on friday um cincinnati hosts no memphis is home right is that right Austin? it's
3: at memphis Yes.
2: Yeah. At Memphis in the Liberty bowl. So Cincinnati travels to Memphis, um, two teams that, um, have one loss each on the season. Um, you know, it, it, for Cincinnati, that loss was to Ohio state. They haven't lost in conference. Um, at, you know, and they've wrapped up the East traveling to Memphis who, um, is looking to wrap up the West, um, and have their, their single conference loss at this point. So, um, you know they've been ranked like 17th and 18th, one apart. Um, but it's a big game, so if Cincinnati wins, um, then Navy is playing for the chance on Saturday to go to the AAC championship game. So I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be watching this game, right, Austin?
3: Oh yeah, uh, and it starts for me on Thursday. Thursday's the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State.
2: Yep. Friday. Friday
3: game. Yep. So Friday, uh, my if you don't know my connection there is I taught ROTC at Ole Miss, so I mean the Navy sent me there, and so I. Got my master's degree, and I guess I'm kind of an Ole Miss fan now because of that. I don't know. Wouldn't have been. Would have never predicted that, but there I am. Anyway, so Egg Bowl Thursday night, but then, yeah, Friday. That game is going to be (laughs) great for all the things that are on the line, but it could be extremely anticlimactic if, say, if Memphis beats Cincinnati, and we know that next week we get to see Memphis versus Cincinnati 2.0. Like, in memphis <laughs> so <laughs> again like uh, cincinnati I might
2: as well just stay for the week
3: yeah I, I mean gosh like who how does that scheduling happen i don't think there should be any cross division. i mean it doesn't matter anymore in the american but there should have probably never been any cross division games to finish out the season because it could produce this exact thing with possible back-to-back games
0: but yes i'll watch the game long answer I personally love that chaos as a third party. <laughs> so, it's like the, like, just from a big it's like picture, opponents like, back to back. I'm like, that's cool.
2: It's <laughs> like the Big Twelve essentially with yeah, like, Baylor, and like, Oklahoma like playing. Like,
0: yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and I mean it. It is. It, it is kind of chaotic, right? And the thing for since so you know Cincinnati has wrapped up the East, and you could I guess think like, well, you know, well obviously they can't lose. Probably more than likely, like 99, no, maybe a 99, 90 percent chance. Um, and still, be the G five um, yeah. representative. in The winner's going to have to
3: win both of those, I think, uh, and it's tough. Even I, I would say Navy, if some, you know, if it worked out in Navy's favor and they made it and they beat Houston and they beat Cincinnati, I think they would have the best shot of leapfrogging Boise and App State. But I don't see how Memphis and Cincinnati go one and one, and the winner of the AAC title game advances.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just depends how things, because yeah, you've got you're going to fall behind, and then you've got a leapfrog. Whereas Navy is kind of just playing like where they are with Boise and have yeah better better games ahead stronger because stronger wins. Yeah, I mean, yep. I don't know. Yeah, and, and Boise's game, Hawaii clinched the West in the Mountain West or whatever whatever that division's called. I think it is called that. But um, so you know, Boise will be playing Hawaii. Um, to Scott's point earlier about the kind of the disparity between the two sides in the Mountain West. Um, So it's not going to be like a huge victory or whatever for them. Um, Whereas, you know, Navy's, especially if they – because they would have – they'd be playing Cincinnati, who would move up probably after beating a ranked Memphis team. And then if you beat – you know, you win that game. Uh, The only thing I would say is you look at – it's going to be pretty similar. um, You know, if Cincinnati um, was to lose to Memphis and then beat Memphis – Or the other way around, beat Memphis and then lose to Memphis, which, well, I guess it had to be the other way around. Lose to Memphis and then beat Memphis, meaning Navy lost to Houston. Um, Is that right? No, that's not right either. I'm confusing myself (laughs) now. If they lose to Memphis and then Memphis is the West champion and then they beat Memphis in the championship game, their losses on the year will have been to an undefeated Ohio State team potentially and Memphis, who they then go back and beat. Um, and the argument is, you know, of, between those and, and Navy is Navy will yeah. have lost to Memphis and beat I, Notre Dame. I'm with Notre you on Dame all that.
3: I just don't think the College Bowl Playoff Committee sees it like that. They should. Yeah. I think they look at one loss Boise State or one loss even Appalachian State maybe compared yeah. to a two loss other G5 conference team, And they're be like, ah, eh, nope. Even if you do want to say... If you look at the resume, you're like, dang, Memphis, Cincinnati, and Navy probably in that situation with two losses and an AAC title probably all have better wins than than Boise. And what? their losses would be better than Boise's. So I mean, it's a tough predicament. I don't know. I'm obviously probably a little AAC biased, so I don't know if Kayla or Scott with his Mountain West flavor might have a different opinion on it. I don't know.
1: I feel like with Anyone? any like
0: I I don't I don't even have a strong opinion either way on that. <laughs> but, honestly, I know I should, but I apologize. <laughs> just at this just at this point with how Air Force is, I'm just like yeah, whatever. How it plays out, how it plays out. Well, cool.
2: Kayla, do you have anything?
1: No, I feel like I mean, like I said last week for Army, like I'm I'm week to week with them, so <laughs> like <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I agree with Austin. I mean, there's the Boise State kind of name too. Because um, they shouldn't be ranked as
3: high as they are, to be honest with you. They shouldn't be. But yeah. no, they I agree. The way they play, too. The state, so. I
2: agree. And the crazy thing, too, is is if you, you threw out App State, if you start considering that and having to leapfrog App State, I mean, you look at a team that, that slipped up and lost to Georgia Southern by a field goal in a game they should obviously have won. Um, but other than that, they have, I believe, two FBS wins. They beat UNC and South Carolina. Not that they're, like, great programs, but they have two Power, um, five. power five. Not FBS. Yeah they FBS, but power five um, victories on the season yeah. uh, against teams from the SEC and the ACC. So you start comparing that. I mean, yeah, uh, App State's going to have an argument there as well, um, except for the fact that they're going to play. I don't even know who they're playing in, the, in the, their game, but I think another a, garbage At the game. end of
3: the day, a one-loss AAC champion is is the G5 rep. Uh, outside of that, it's probably going to be Boise. I don't see Boise yeah. losing. So
2: Nope, uh, you're probably right. Um, but there's a chance, I think, to your point, so we're going to be watching at 3:30 on on Friday, um, pretty closely because that's going to be a huge game on Friday. Um, pulling for the Bearcats, our friends down the drive, um, the SB Nation, and Cincinnati. Yeah, we the need Commonwealth
3: to... Cup is Friday too. Sorry, Virginia, Virginia Tech.
2: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. And that, that, with a lot on the line there, right? Like, yep. isn't it essentially a winner goes <laughs> probably, to AC, ACC championship game? Yeah, probably an um, Orange Bowl line. Probably yeah. an Orange Bowl, yep. More than likely an Orange Bowl trip on the line for that game, and Virginia hasn't won that in however many uh-huh. years now. Um, so there's just a lot, of, a lot of good stuff. But, yeah, pulling for Cincinnati, um, hardcore, obviously, on Friday, and be be glued to the TV um, because then maybe you know, Saturday's game, and you're going to know because it's on Friday. So you're going to know. At seven o'clock, 630, 7 o'clock at night on Friday. Well, either we're you know just playing because we haven't beat Houston at Houston since we joined the conference. We want to go do that um, and get that ninth win on the year, or we're playing for a chance to go to the AAC championship game in Cincinnati the next week. Um, you know, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really exciting on the Navy front for sure. Um, a little bit about the Houston, anything on Houston other than the fact that like I just said, they haven't they haven't gone down there and won. It's been a tough place place to play. Thanksgiving weekend.
3: That's exactly right. That's my only take on it. I mean, obviously we know Houston and what their kind of plan was after the start of the season. So they're a team with, I don't want to say without an identity, I guess you could say they've been improving too, but they haven't really been consistent. Uh, Navy should be able to score. Houston can score too if they're on that day. Um, but just, yeah, Navy going to Houston has historically not been a strong suit. So we'll see.
2: Yep. Um, and we already talked Air Force Wyoming. Scott, you have anything to add about that before we finally get some army talk on here?
0: Um, not particularly like I, I'm really comfortable with all the predictions for this game. And like right now, Vegas has the game at um uh, 10 and a half for air force. I'm really comfortable with that. It's a team that has been able to hold some better teams close. So they lost to Boise state in overtime, um, lost to Utah state by five points. And then they've done a pretty good job of beating the lesser teams. But even then those games have been kind of close. So they beat, New Mexico back in October, uh, 23 to 10. So it's kind of like, I think they're going to be some of the better talent that we've played in the last three weeks, basically since, um, we've had army, but I don't think they're going to be anything to write home about. I think it should just be a good way to close out the season. Hopefully we'll come out hot because that's the only thing that could spell disaster because for whatever reason, um, it's all been about adjustments at, at halftime for us is, and then just kind of take off to the races in the second half. So hopefully I would just really like to see one thing is is come out of the gate swinging and play well, no turnovers, that kind of thing.
2: And do you have any thoughts on, because so Gavin has brought up before about the traveling on Thanksgiving for the Service Academy team and it does suck because like everybody else goes home on, you know, Wednesday or whatever and you're hanging out and then you're traveling on you know, Thursday after you have your Thanksgiving feast in King Hall or wherever they have their Thanksgiving feast for the, the team. And then, you know, you're playing away. But, like, do you have any thoughts on the on hosting a game over Thanksgiving weekend when the entire, um, you know, cadet, every, everybody is gone, you know, and, and, and what that's going to be like, like as a home game for Air Force um, on Saturday?
0: It comes with the territory. And this is why I said before that these games tend to be really overlooked, and I think we're really missing out on a potentially great rivalry because it's like we have a little bit of a pass with Wyoming with their old coach. Um, There was some yelling a few years ago, and that really said, oh, well, maybe Wyoming's our Mountain West rival. But it's just hard because we always have one of these games that seems to be home. Um, In terms of getting people into the crowd, I know there's usually a deal to where they'll bus out Uh, Some of the airmen from the dorms from Peterson Air Force Base, you get a little bit of a crowd, but I think they're really used to it, Um, especially the older guys kind of know what it's like, and they stay in a hotel and everything, so it's not like they're just sad in the cadet area. Um, It's a a pretty typical game week, and they get taken pretty well care of, and uh, yeah, I think they just, they understand that it comes with the territory, that if you're going to play football here, you don't get your Thanksgiving break, but Christmas break is right around the corner, so... I don't, I don't think that's too much of a factor. Yeah. It does stink, but... I didn't um, even mean
2: by the, for the players really that spin much. Spin. I meant just in general, like the fact that you're going to you know, have this game at 2 o'clock uh, or noon, I guess, right? Mountain time on Saturday, and there's not going to be a Yeah, does a anyone <laughs> stay? Like,
3: would anyone stay? Like, oh, I'm going to go to that game. I'm going to stay in the dorms for the next three days.
0: Believe it or not, they talked about it um, when I was a cadet. They talked about making all the cadets stay behind for Thanksgiving. What? Or no, they wanted them to come back early. For the game that was it they're gonna give us basically wednesday through friday um no no it's it's not like that it's i mean look at look at where we are in this position i can't i don't even think there's anybody who's hardcore enough to say you know what i'm gonna be be a fan and go to the game maybe even just like do my own tailgate that kind of thing um just because like look where we are and this is it comes down to scheduling and, and hopefully it's something that um you know, that we can look to in the future. Maybe we play our marquee game over this weekend. I know that's tough because there's a lot of like deep seated rivalries and it's too close to conference games and things like that or too close to conference championships. But it, I think it's something we should look at because yeah, this game is always really, really tough in terms of scheduling and getting the stadium filled because it's, it never is. Maybe yeah. It should be the army
3: air force week at a neutral site. <laughs>
0: Uh, that'd be cool that'd be cool I mean think about what the NFL has done with Thanksgiving Players love playing on Thanksgiving
2: yeah no that's true that is cool Um, and if you got I mean uh, outside of the fact that you would uh, you know what do you do with the student population the student bodies um, but for the players I mean that would be I think would be something that might be pretty cool but um, yeah so it it should be it should be an Air Force win like you said 10 and a half or whatever it is now um, and and that'll be great Um, so all right Army, um, Hawaii, Kayla, you've been patient all episode. (laughs) So now it's been two weeks. We get to see Army again, and there is a lot on the line. I feel like um, for Army traveling to Hawaii um, to play really on Sunday morning. Yeah, uh, (laughs) at least if you're an East Coast person. Yeah, um, Sunday morning, and you know. um, So, so what? What are your thoughts heading into this game? Having Army's coming off of off of a bye week, um, Hawaii's coming from a very tough conference game against san diego state to clench the their division in the mountain west in a tough fault 14 11 victory um they now know they're going to the mountain west championship game the following week um and so they're you know welcoming army knowing that they have a game against boise state the following week and they're coming off of a tough game against san diego state so any thoughts on all of that
1: yeah I, I kind of wonder um, and liken it to, to kind of how Scott said Air Force and kind of the situation there and with kind of just one game left, just kind of like going for it playing because this is what they have left to play. Um, you know, Hawaii is 8-4 and four now. They're 5-2 and two at home. At this point, um, if I'm, you know, I, if I'm like a rainbow warrior, I'm, I would be worried like if, if Hawaii is not going to think too much Um, of this Army game because they're coming off of, you know, playing San Diego, uh, because they're looking forward to a championship game. And on the other half, I think Army is playing with a lot on the line here. Um, You know, we still want a a bowl game because that tie-in for the Independence Bowl doesn't come until uh, next year and the following couple years. And looking past, you know, this whole season, we've said it before, um, all the games, you know, maybe except for Michigan, um, that you know, Army has played have been quote unquote winnable games. They've been right, you know, relatively close margins. So I say this is another situation like that. Uh, I mean, last year, um, watching Air, uh, Army play against Hawaii, I've always you know liked to see this matchup. Um, they did win uh, twenty eight to twenty one, so it was a, a close game for them. It was also a home game, however, for Army it was their third game of the season, um, which I've spoke a little bit uh, in terms of scheduling. I would have personally liked to see Hawaii a little bit early in the season. Um, and maybe switched out, you know, Hawaii lane. Tulane. Um, but I think this is something um, that I'm gonna be excited to see because I really hope that Hopkins, you know, fingers crossed that he's, you know, really healthy, having this bye week, um, you know, that they've been, you know, grinding it out and really practicing and putting this team together. Um, their last matchup against Hawaii, Hopkins threw 10 passes for 162 yards and rushed for 112. Um, Cole McDonald, um, you know, we've seen him before, you know, they played Air Force. Uh, he's a pretty big guy, Um, he tends to do, you know, relatively well, so the passing game kind of under pressure, um, likes to kind of throw, you know, these, you know, really long passes um, straight into the end zone, so I think it's going to be interesting to see if Army can kind of come up um, on that defensive line, you know, get our fullbacks, maybe get, uh, you know, an interception or two and kind of break up um, what I think is kind of comfortable uh, for Cole McDonald um, kind of down the line, you know, the third and fourth down conversion, so I think it'll be interesting to see. I think at this point like I said if you're an army fan like you like you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and this is like a game that's needed because you know all we have after this is the army navy game. Um you know we're 5 and 6 now. Um so this is no holds bar. Like I'm I'm ready to see everything that this team has and and pull it out against this Hawaii team. It's going to be tough. Um you know it's 7:30 Hawaii time I think 12:30. Um you know I'll be bright-eyed. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. So I'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, uh, I guess, awaiting that game. Uh, the Florida State UF game is 7.30 on Saturday, so I'm just, like, gonna just, you know, down a monster and just kind of keep my eyes open, <laughs> I'm ready to watch this team. But like I said, it, it's something that um, this Army team needs for the team, for the fans. I'm sure this these guys have just been, it's been a tough, 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 tough season, and they need to, need to really, really win this. But I think they're evenly matched. Um, I don't know about if you guys have kind of thought about, you know, we've talked so much about um, Army scheduling. I don't know if I would liken Hawaii to maybe like a Georgia State team. I think Georgia State is a little bit more um, talented on their kind of like wide receiving end. Um, but that's kind of the only game, like I said in the past, you know, that that, I've, that Army has played that I can kind of see it maybe being comparable to in, in sort of, um, you know, an end score um, and kind of how they played. So.
2: Yeah, I mean maybe Tulane as well. Tulane, yeah. uh, probably I would say Tulane's better than Hawaii, but um, that's probably you know yeah maybe maybe George State or, yeah I mean so I, I agree with all that. I think that just like you said, like Hawaii's got uh, not much to play for really in this game, other than you know I mean we say we say that, but yeah. we know that like they're going to give it their all. It's not like they're going to come out and roll over or something like that. Yeah. Um and but they they are coming off a tough game and they are looking ahead probably to Boise State. Um, and at least if I was the coaching staff, I'd be you know peeking ahead a little bit to to the Boise State um matchup that they're going to get the very next week. Um, so I think Army catches Hawaii you know at a good time. And you mentioned that last week of the the bye week for Army, whereas Hawaii was going to travel to San Diego State to play in that game. So like I think I think they're catching them at a great time. There's just been so many games that have. Um, they just haven't you know, quite gotten it like we've talked about in, in, in the season for Army where they just, they just couldn't pull it out. And they're, I, I think they're due for a game um, that is a close game against an evenly matched team that Army wins. Um, Vegas has the opening spread at minus three Hawaii, which essentially means a toss-up yeah. because you get the three points for home field. So Vegas sees it as kind of a toss-up. Um, and so me personally, I like Army in this game. I think Army wins this game. I think they get to six and six, and that will be really fun to talk about. Um, especially depending on how the Cincinnati, Memphis, and Navy, Houston falls out of, um, of Army-Navy being the week after championship games right. um, with potentially uh, bowl teams for having to wait on Army if they really want Army, and do you want to risk that in case they lose to the Navy, which Navy will definitely be, be favored in that game. Um, And same thing with the G5 spot and all that um, with Navy, you know, so it'll be, it could be a very interesting conversation on the podcast about some of that stuff next week. So Scott or Austin, you guys got any takes on Army, Hawaii, and and what you guys are thinking heading into this?
0: Yeah, man. Um, Hopefully there's no Hawaii fans listening to this because likening them to Georgia State at all is not going to be good for those fans (laughs) um, especially considering that hawaii basically has one foot in the pac-12 uh scheduling three of those games to open up the season um and yeah i saw the biggest thing too and i see that the majority of the bets are being placed on army um maybe that's just that army fans like a little bit more action and i don't know if the serious bettors have cashed their tickets yet but um i don't see it and and kayla made the comparisons between last year i i think that that's been the number one thing we've had to do this season when it comes to talking about army is they are not the same team as last year it's a lot of the same supporting cast as last year but they're not even close to the same team if they think if anybody on that army team has the mentality that that we're gonna be the same team that played hawaii last year and that it's gonna be the same game they in my mind are sorely mistaken um this is one of those games where I am I feel like I'm maybe taking crazy pills here, thinking that Hawaii's going to blow them out pretty good. I think Cole McDonald has been really, really good. They've played some quality talent. Um, I think this is one of the best teams that Army's going to go up against, and it's going to be really bad because of how fast-paced they are and how good um, some of these players are at capitalizing. The Hawaii rec- receivers are huge. and um, And I don't know. I just don't see it, but... Like I said, Vegas has been correct in getting things close. I never would have. If you would have had me guess the spread, I would have said it was at least seven uh, for Hawaii. I never would have thought it was a pick'em. But cool, prove me wrong. And you know, I, I'd like to see. Like I said, I think I, I said this on the last episode that I think Army's going to turn it around next season um, and get back to what they were doing last year and the year before. But I don't know. I just don't see it in this game. That's me personally.
3: So yeah, uh, bet online has this as a three point. Uh, game in favor of Hawaii. Sports betting has a minus three uh, for Hawaii. Uh, I, I, Bovada hasn't listed it. Vegas Insider doesn't have anything up yet. I think part of that is due to this kickoff game of this time. So I think you yeah. will see those lines come out tomorrow. I don't think they usually do better than seven days in advance. I'm not sure. It's weird because kickoff is technically on Sunday morning. So I think that's just why everything might be a day behind. Um, but, yeah, I don't know for me this is less about the x's and o's and more about the intangibles we've talked about army having to travel all the way out there teams from the east coast have historically not done well at hawaii especially when you're playing this late that's going to be tough but we've also talked about the the intangibles that might favor hawaii this game means a lot more to army than it does to hawaii like army needs this game to try to get to bowl eligibility hawaii wins loses this game probably doesn't impact Anything in terms of bowl game or anything. If they don't win the Mountain West, their bowl game is probably the Hawaii bowl. Yeah, and if they win, <laughs> they've got whatever the in Mountain West number one lock in is because they're not going to get the G five rep, right? So the game really, this game really does not, again, matter. But we've already talked about that doesn't mean these players aren't going to go out there and play. Like that gives them way too much discredit. They're going to still go out there and perform. Um, but because of that, just the travel and we're. We're excited about Army because of what they've done the last two weeks against very bad teams. Yeah. So I'm, 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 yeah, <laughs> like I would say I'm more confident now in Army than I was three weeks ago. But three weeks ago, Army's not going to Hawaii and winning that game or this game, right? right? So I'm fast forwarding now, and I try to remove wins against VMI and UMass. I still don't see how Army's going to pull this game out.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I That's won't valid. be surprised if they do, like.
1: <laughs> Dang. Dang. <laughs> so, it's real selfish. A pre- host. No, like selfish reasonings are sort of rising to the top. That's really why that. <laughs> he it's wants getting, them it to win. He must be
3: getting so much closer to Army Navy. Right,
0: Dustin <laughs> can't hide it anymore. It's coming out. <laughs> I also think that it's just like what you said about Army having something to play for. This is the only time I think they've had something to play for every single, every single week of their season. Yeah. And it's only the only time they've ever come through was like really against VMI, I guess against UMass when they made some adjustments, but really against VMI, it was when they came out and were like, this is what we're supposed to do. And we and they actually did it every other game. It's just been pretty much a disaster.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And and we have said how many times have we said over and over again, like this is a must win, you know, earlier in the year, this is a must win game. Now it's not been necessarily. I mean, I mean, it is for them at this point still. So I guess it is. But. Um, where we were like, this is a must win game. This Let's is a must win game. This is a must win game, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, right. This season. So, yeah, I mean, once again, if you're looking at what they've, the performance and what they've done on the year, you'd be hard pressed to say they're going to travel to Hawaii um, and beat Hawaii, an 8 4 team with two Pac 12 victories. Um, like There's only one say. bad
3: loss, and it was a three point loss to Fresno where they still scored 38 points. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Hawaii's good, they're not a bad team. Yeah. yeah,
2: and that, so you have to look, let's bring Air Force into this just real quick, obviously, common opponent. Um, you have to look at that Air Force-Hawaii game and think that, you know, that might have been Air Force's best win of the season as far, not like quality win, I just meant like performance, to go beat Hawaii by 30, if you look at Hawaii and the way they've played their their 12-game schedule, um, I don't know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Scott, but.
0: Yeah, certainly the most memorable game of the season, probably one of the most memorable games in a really long time. Uh, I mean, and then if you were to say, especially outside of the service Academy games that we've won and to see Mike Schmidt, uh, come out and do something that, you know, was completely unexpected, but for him to really live up to everything that he said that, Hey, you know, I'm a senior and I don't expect anything. I just want the team to play well. But if, if I get called on, I'm going to be ready. And for him to rise to the occasion like that and then happily be back to where he was playing that supporting role. Um, I mean, it, it that's they make movies about stuff like that, and I thought <laughs> that was a really a really cool game.
2: No, yeah, I mean it was definitely one of the more memorable games for, for any of the teams this year for sure. Yeah. Um, so we got a lot to look forward to this weekend. Um, you know, big big Army has a chance to to still be playing for a bowl game. Come Army Navy, um, obviously we've already talked to AAC and and Navy, and I'll be a little bit sad if I, if if Cincinnati, you know, just completely. Lays an egg against Memphis, and then... It might really not even like, be laying
3: an egg. Memphis might just be far superior. We'll find <laughs> out.
2: Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati has played some close games in recent weeks to mm-hmm. where you start to think, like, they may not actually be what they say they are, or, you know, what yep. what their rec- re- ranking says they are. Sorry. Um, so, anyways, yes, I w- I'll go ahead, and just like you were at halftime, I'm going to go ahead and just talk <laughs> myself... <laughs> Into that, gear, gear up for that. Um, but it's it's gonna be a great football weekend uh, all the way around. So we look forward to uh, to catching back up with you next weekend, and um, we'll be. I oh, don't do bowl um, we'll, games real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Give us a uh, give real us real quick, some, real quick bowl yeah, game yeah, yeah. updates. Give us okay, bowl game projections. Banner Scott's, Society,
3: Marshall versus Air Force and the Armed Forces Bowl. Mm.
2: Hey, I actually like watching the Thunder and Herder for some reason are a team that like I don't mind like I don't know what it is about Marshall maybe I it's the movie you know we are Marshall movie
3: yeah thank you I'm the same way yeah like I would rather play Marshall than like Central Michigan or something
2: or North Texas <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's a, no it's fine. Which is the perfect segue into their projection of the military bowl featuring Navy and Miami. Eh, that's a good one though. At least oh.
2: man, after they lost
3: the FIU, I'ma not trying to watch Navy, <laughs> Miami. Come on, man, take what you can get. Let's see, uh, and the ESPN has Navy versus Louisville in the military bowl, and it features mm-hmm. they do two each, right? And then it features. Uh, Navy versus UAB in the Birmingham Bowl. Sticking
2: with that one, huh? Air, that is.
3: Air force versus Ohio in the Armed Forces Bowl. I'd rather play Marshall than Ohio. And <laughs> this is funny. And the in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. <laughs> so you're going to the blue turf to play against Central Michigan, which was my I'm joke. Fine. I just made.
2: <laughs> okay, so so Scott, would you rather go to Boise? not you personally, like, going to the game, but would you rather have Air Force playing on Boise's home field against Central Michigan, you know, given the way the season played out this year, or just taking the Armed Forces Bowl and going to Fort Worth or wherever that game is?
0: I guess for the sake of the players, I'll say Fort Worth because they're <laughs> probably going to be around around home. It's just like, ugh. it's, And here's the other thing is, like, Maybe this is weird. If you guys are ever around bases, have you ever seen the advertisements, yes. like the the billboards for like Northrop Grumman or Lockheed Martin? They put up like an advertisement outside of an out of a pilot training base for the new TX, and I'm like, who is this for? just <laughs> yeah. gonna go to LockheedMartin.com and and buy a TX? Like it's coming or it's not? Yeah, like no you guys one, are pitching to Congress. Like- yeah,
2: exactly. No one on base cares. That's right. Let's, I'm gonna go ahead and stop though. Like, let's let's not do the government contract bashing until we get through Army Navy, because we're like trying to go to Radio Row and right. we're trying to we're trying to get in on some of this, you know, action for Army Navy games. So let's not. We love, we love we the love government. North <laughs> <Drummond> and, <Raising laughs> and everyone. Yeah.
3: Which, which, let's tie a bow yeah. on it then, and say, well, hey, what a great opportunity for Air Force to play against Eastern Michigan in the Armed Forces Bowl, and Navy to play against Pitt in the Military Bowl, per CBS Sports Jerry Palms projection. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't want to play Pitt again I hear you. in the yeah. Military Bowl. I <sighs> should add, I couldn't find this, and it wasn't necessarily from a reputable source, but someone was retweeting something today that had Army playing UCF at the Military Bowl as a projection in Annapolis
1: that would be Army
3: Army versus UCF in the military bowl was someone's projection and I was like no well that's but I, I didn't <laughs> even comment or respond I was would- like I don't even know what this person is negative I don't think Army Are- would even want I think they would to- turn that down I think they might turn yeah. that down like if that was the only bowl that offered them I think they might turn that down that well that's assuming a- that's not a UCF so that's assuming something in the ACC I don't know how many bowl eligible teams they have so I don't even know if that's possible but that's anyway Found that interesting. All right. Well, um, I, I for one, am excited about heading into
2: bowl season. Unlike Scott, I love bowl season, um, and and I'm excited to uh, to beat all of y'all in bowl pick'em this year. So it's gonna be good. Um, we'll hey, be you're back li- next. If week. you're
3: listening to this, just go enjoy Thanksgiving with your family.
2: Yeah, because it's Wednesday or Thursday. You're probably on the road right now, yeah. heading to uh, yeah, <laughs> heading to your in-laws' house.
3: Um, so
2: peace be with you. Um, many many prayers. Um, eat some turkey, watch the Macy's parade and enjoy a great Thursday through Sunday of football um, this week it's gonna be a lot of fun so um, same to y'all not, oh, yeah no, the, so, not guys. the listeners you guys yeah, yeah Happy, no. yeah. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys Aww. yeah no
2: I'm thankful for That's AE sweet. for sure um, keeps me sane um, during the week knowing that I, I have this to look forward to. So, all right, guys. Uh, we'll catch everybody next week. It should be um, should be good, and we'll be looking forward to hopefully um, hopefully it's just not a disaster of a weekend and all this we have to look forward to that something goes someone's way uh, on this podcast. That's what I'm going to ask for. <laughs> um, there go. So, all right, catch y'all next week.
0: Congratulations to the Navy midshipman.
1: Of the Commander in Chief's Trophy, the Great Air Force Falcons.